Hello. Hi. Hello. Are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Viv. Welcome to COVID Bites, a conversation where you don't have to shower or shave to pull up a chair. Coffee or wine is optional, but giving yourself 15 minutes to connect with others, a must. This podcast is a daily check-in with friends from all over the world to understand their what's during this time. What do they miss? What have they learned? What are they grateful for or not? And who knows, maybe one of their what's could turn into a do for you too. Today, my guest is Jocelyn. Joss lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. And thankfully enjoys her home and her own company. Qualified as a hotel manager, she did a working gap year in the UK, then having done her time directly in hotels, has been self-employed as a consultant to the hospitality industry for the last 20 plus years, where her strength is software training and implementation projects worldwide. And with that, Joss, good morning. Morning, Viv. How are you? I am not bad. Um, I had I have my cup of coffee in front of me. My morning was a little bit disruptive because my kids decided to be up at the same time in my usual peaceful time of day. But other than that, I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, just before we dive in, I wanted to ask you, um, on your WhatsApp, as I sent you the link for the podcast, you've got a line on your WhatsApp intro that says, there is no present time like the time and then I couldn't read the rest. What does it say? So there's no, um, it's from um, one of the hotel movies. Oh, I put it up so long ago, you're going to have to give me. There's no time, the uh, no, normal saying is there's no time like the present. And yeah. the conversion of that is there's no present like the time. Um, or something to that effect from what I remember. And really it's just a case of being present in time that you have, that you don't normally have. And what do you do with that? Um, I think very often we take time for granted and time just passes and we don't really do anything with it. And so I try to, when I can, be very present and conscious of the time that I'm in. Hmm. So speaking of time and having more time, (laughs) (laughs) um, how are you doing during COVID? What's it like right now in South Africa? Okay, so COVID in South Africa is is pretty tight compared to what I've spoken to about different, uh, to other friends around the world. Um, So lockdown means the fact that you are allowed to go out to the shop and you are allowed to go to the pharmacy or the doctor. Otherwise you stay in your house, on your property. Um, If you are living in a complex or an estate, there's no walking of your dogs. You shouldn't really be exercising even around the estate. You should be staying within the confines of your property. And there's none of this, you know, once a day, take a walk outside or whenever you feel like walking the dog or anything, go and do so. Um, It is very much a lockdown mentality to a degree even, and there's been huge discussions about it. You cannot buy alcohol or cigarettes. The only stuff you can buy is essential food necessity items. So it's quite a process. Um, we've done three official weeks, 21 days, and we're now into the next two weeks. And our president is meant to chat to us tonight to give us a bit of an update. So, so in, in this confinement and in all this lockdown and extra time, um, and, and kind of going back to what you were saying in the beginning about being present, and now you've got, you know, 
time to be more cognizant, more cognizant of things. Yeah. Um, what are some, what are some things that you're now doing during lockdown that you that you might not have been doing before, but now out of lockdown have started doing? Um, there's been more obviously engaging with friends and family technology-wise than one would normally necessarily do. Um, Mm-hmm. And there's been more contact with a lot more people around the world, um, especially in the hospitality industry, where I've got a lot of friends who no longer have jobs. So it's quite a it's quite a catch up time from that regard. Um, unfortunately, there's not much else really to do um, as work has been hugely affected. Um, the hospitality yeah. industry as a whole is basically shut down, like many industries. Um, so. So it's it's pretty hard actually from that point of view because there are a lot of people who can work from home or homeschool from home or whatever it is, but not for the resilient. So, um, do you need a moment? Are you okay? <sighs> yeah, it's fine. You can go on. So, when within the hospitality industry. Um, how I mean obviously you, you're really feeling it and so are you like how has it been for you just from that standpoint like work wise and, um, and, and, and and like has work come to a stand in regards to your line of work you know like what what is well you must realize at this time and it's not just for the hospitality industry it's any industry hospitality being a big one, um, but it's any of your hairdressers, any of your beauticians, um, the, the list is huge and long, your stationery shops, you know, if you're not an essential service in South Africa and generally world round, especially hospitality and stuff, there is no business, the doors are closed, there are going to be restaurants and hotels that will never open again, and it is heartbreaking. Um, have, have you yeah. have you had have you had a lot of friends impacted by this? It's huge. So I mean, this is my industry. Um, so yeah, people are trying to keep positive and hopeful, and we know it will pass. We know that there will be light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, most of the hotels here, when they closed at the end of March, they they stopped their last salaries and said, we don't know we're going to see you again. What? And, sorry, sorry, and, the, and, and, and the thing to add on to that is for those of us who work for ourselves, consulting to the industry, that mm. once the industry does recover, because it will recover, we doors will open again and there will be places to go to and people will travel again. Um, yeah. But for those of us who are consultants and work for ourselves, um, we're right down the pecking order. So let's say six months, a year down the line, industry opens up again and they manage to recover and everything else, the training and consulting and stuff is the last place money gets spent. So it's just a... Yeah, like a lot of people in the world, a concerning time. Um, I mean, for the first time ever in my life, I'm applying for UIF. So, um, just just for um, what is, what is UIF? 
sorry, here in South Africa, we, we are fortunate enough um, to have an unemployment fund. I've been speaking to yeah. some of my friends overseas um, who work directly in the industry, receptionists, people that I've met in my travels, etc., and general managers, etc., and the countries they're in, there is nothing like a UIF fund. Uh, they literally got paid their last paychecks on the 27th of March, hotel doors got closed, and they've all been made redundant. And it's been a case of if and when we can open up again. So, you know, we will approach you and we'll see, you know. I mean, the hospitality industry as a whole has been battling for a number of years, specifically here in South Africa. Um, yeah. Economy-wise, when, when, when any form of economies get affected throughout the world, um, travel is one of the first things to be cut. And occupancies haven't been great. Hotels have been battling, restaurants, all of that kind of things, airlines, everything. And now you then get this so on top of a tough couple of years, we now get this on top of it. So if a property is able to survive this and reopen their doors in a couple of months, etc., um, they will be very, very fortunate to do so. And then mm. it is also a case of remember when they open up again, um, they're not opening up to 100% occupied hotels, you know. Um, so it's all kind of, one keeps the hope because we know there is light at the end of the tunnel and we know this too will shall pass. But it's really scary. Um, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like part of your pain in all of this is not just for you but for all your friends who've been impacted and is, is that a fair statement on that side yeah i think so i mean um i'm fortunate enough that i have a very good support structure i'll change a friend of mine to say to you know i'm, I'm battling with the, the, the tears and the sadness and she was saying to me you must realize it's grieving while he's grieving for the mess we've made of our world. It's collective grieving for the heartache that we're going to go through. And know that this is, this is it's because you're asking the direct question, so you're getting the answer from me. It's not like I'm sitting at home 40 miles yeah. almost the time, but it's just, it's really sad that we have gotten to this point that we have messed up our world so badly, that this is what it takes for us to take responsibility and and that it has to be such a drastic reset. Um, you know, the number of lives that are being lost is huge and it's climbing. Um, we often get told here in South Africa, we're in the calm before the storm. We are lucky, I think the number is sitting at 58 deaths. Um, it is very much the calm before the storm. It's not like in two weeks' time we're going to open up and everything's going to be fine and we're going to flatten the curve and life's going to go on. Um, life will go on, but I think we're in for a serious, some serious times ahead, not just for South Africa, but for the rest of the world. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um the nature stories coming out during this time um, where so you, you touched on it in terms of you know kind of what we've done to the planet um, I was listening to a story on the radio yesterday and they were talking about um, how in certain pockets and places 
they've seen animals um, where they haven't seen them before. And I think there was one story that kind of touched me and I wanted to share this with you was um, there's this endangered um, tortoise or turtle in Thailand. Okay. And previously they would never have seen um, many um, nests, but because the beaches are deserted, they're now seeing these beautiful nests and um, babies coming up in essence. Um, and it just reminded me of a, a Facebook post that I saw a couple of weeks ago where it was a meme and it said it was the world complaining to Mother Nature and the world said, you know, I'm done, Mother Nature, there's climate change, there's pollution, I, I, I give up. And then Mother Nature just responds and says, hold my beer. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I guess why I'm, I'm telling you this as well is, is that also part of what you are getting at when you say like, when you feel the pain and you say, you know, this is why I, it also sounds like you're angry, I guess, with, with the kind of state of affairs and what we've done to our planet. Yeah, you know, the thing also being about all of this is yet again, it's the poor who get affected the most. You know, people complain, oh, I'm stuck in my house and I'm going, oh, you are so lucky to have a home to be in. Go talk to anybody living in a shack. A friend of mine um, gave me yeah. a little bit of um, reality check on conditions that some people are in a, in a lockdown. Imagine if you had to live in your kitchen only in your home. Just your kitchen. Eat, sleep, drink, and put four or five people, if not more, in that space. And the only time you get to go outside is if you need to go to the bathroom. And I suddenly thought, you know, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the poor again who throughout all of this that I really feel for, and I'm going, I mean, I, I hold an annual charity event every year, Christmas in July. And one of my mm. big concerns for that, I mean, it's our 20th year this year, is I've got about 10 or 12 charities that depend on the money that we raise. And it's seriously looking like there will be no Christmas in July this year for many, many factors. And then one goes, well, then what happens to those charities? Um, mm. You know, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm very grateful for my God, who is my rock and my stronghold. And he, yeah. he's got this in the bigger picture because it can get so overwhelming of, you know, how do we fix all of this? Um, yeah, so it can get overwhelming, but there is hope. There is always hope. Um, and, and this too shall pass. Um, in whatever form that is. Um, I just pray with all this heartache that we're going through that we don't go back to normal, that we actually take this seriously and we make an effort to be present mm. and to make a change going forward. Um, so in light of like making a change going forward what do you think that looks like that you see is the uncertainty i have mm. because on some levels will be the norms you know kids need to go to school um yeah 
but we've had over 400 schools vandalized and burnt and broken down, broken into over this time. Yeah, well, when people are hungry and starving and they think that there might be food supplies in a school or there might be technology or something that can make them money. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, and I think that's where my uncertainty is. I have, yes, the hospitality industry will come back. Yes, people will travel again. Yes, life will definitively go on. But how does it go on? And and what are people's roles? And um, that, that I'm not certain of. I actually have no idea, um, you know, what it looks like going forward. Um, I, I just pray that people are taking this time seriously to really look at their lives and and take the time um i find it fascinating you know we now all have time at home yet some people i speak to it hasn't changed anything life is still just so busy and they and i'm going did you step into your garden today did you notice the birds crying um you, you're lucky now the hardy dogs obviously decided to go for a sleep or something they're not shouting in the garden like they normally do um hmm. But yeah, um, it is interesting times ahead and then catch me on a good day and it's all going to come right and it's going to be positive and we're going to turn this around. Um, right now, I'm just not sure exactly how that's going to work. And for me personally, what my method of employment or bringing money in is going to be. My wonderful friend, um, as we wrap up the segment, and I know I say this with with regards to a lot of the segments that they always come to an end so quickly, and I I wish that instead of on this podcast, I could come and sit down and have a coffee with you right now. Oh, we would definitely have to have um, bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> or bubbles. I'll give you two bottles of bubbles or spike the coffee. Um, yeah. I thank you for um, bringing us into your life. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us today. And just in the last few seconds, if there was if there was one thing that you wanted to say, that you wanted to share with the people listening, or advice that you would give, what would that be? I think. My message to people would be to love each other a bit more, to be aware of those around you. Um, we, we live life behind closed doors and maybe we should open them a bit more. And finally, to remember that this too shall pass. Um, good will come of this and God does have the world and his planet in his hand. And I know for every tear I cry, he's crying more. Just thank you for your time. I, I'm sending you for both virtual bottles of bubbles. <laughs> uh, and I'll chat to you soon. Thanks for staying blessed. Bye.